So how often doesn't it feel like that as you walk through the streets that it's going at a pace that fast? By the way, there's 27 shopping days left until Christmas. And I'm sure that gathered some emotion from some of you. Some of you are very prepared and you're all ready and it's no big deal. Some of you, this sinking feeling in your stomach just happened. And for some of you, there was just sheer panic that overtook you. Well, you know, as we start Advent, we start a new series, and our series is called Hurry Up and Wait. And that idea of hurry up and wait is the idea of hurrying to complete something, of getting to that accomplishment, of a time crunch that has to do with something that when we finally get there, we end up finding out we simply have to wait because there are events that are not in our control that maybe somebody else has to take care of. And so we've rushed along, and there we are. I like it unto the labor pains have started. We've rushed to the hospital to have the baby, and now we wait. And that's kind of what the season is like for a lot of us. There's hurry and there's blur, as you can see on the screen, and a lot of it goes by. And depending on your perspective, who you are, it's a different type of hurry and it's a different type of waiting. If you're a kid, it seems like an eternity, like a snail crawling across the floor and you're waiting to get to Christmas and it's never going to come. And if you're an adult and you've got all this stuff going on, it seems like there's never enough time that it just is a breathless time and we simply can't get there. So over the next four weeks, we're going to look at some things in this series. Today, we're going to talk about expectations. Next week, we're going to talk about preparations. And then we're going to talk about validation. And then we're going to talk about anticipation as we move these weeks forward to get to the Christmas season. But I want to start by giving you a definition, Webster's definition of that word expectation. This is what it says. A strong belief that something will happen or be the case in the future. You know, we live our lives with expectations all the time, expectations that we aren't even conscious of. For instance, we walk into a room, we flick on the lights, which we expect the lights to go on. As Pastor Mark found out this week, you expect the furnace to work and to give heat, and so sometimes it needs to be fixed. We expect the car to start when we go out and turn the key, and we expect people to stop at red lights and to go at green lights. And if you're from Michigan, we expect that you know on the freeway the left lane is the fast lane. So get out of it because I'm in a hurry. You expect when you come here that the service will start on time. We don't guarantee the end. Just, just the start time. You expect when you go to the bank that it will have your money. You expect that the big things, the creation will continue. The sun, moon, and stars in their order. And that will wake in the morning and at night will rest. And that all these things will just happen. Those are our expectations. And when our expectations aren't meant, when it doesn't happen the way we want... Then our lives are filled with stress and anxiety, frustration, and even depression. You know, there was a story about a woman who one day got a knock at her door, and as she went to the door and opened it, there was a man there she'd never seen before. He opened his wallet, pulled out a $100 bill, and handed it to her. She was delighted at that. Well, the next day, the same thing happened again, and the next day, and this went on for 30 days. 
So finally on the 31st day, she was there ready at the door, waiting for him to come. She saw him coming down the sidewalk, but he passed her sidewalk up to her house and went over to the neighbor's sidewalk and went to their door and opened it and handed them $100. And she reached out and opened the door and yelled at him, Hey, where's my $100 bill today? It had become her expectation that that was going to happen every day and she was angry when it didn't. In our lives, expectations are all around us. For instance, we know that almost two weeks ago on a Tuesday, everybody went to the poll with expectations. And the next day, some of those expectations were met, some of them weren't. And there was frustration and anxiety because of those expectations not happening. I can tell you just this last Wednesday, Sarah asked me to go to the store to pick up a couple of things uh, just before the Thanksgiving meal. In and out, that's what it's going to be. Two things, I know where they're at. I'm going to have this happen, right? So I went, I'm at the store, I got the items. This is a quickie trip, that's my expectation. Then we have to make that decision, don't we? Is it the self-checkout for 12 or less items, the express lane for 15 or less items, or the standard lane? We evaluate that. Oh, self-checkout, there I am expecting it's going to be really quick. Except there was an elderly lady there who couldn't find the barcode on her stuff. I'm a little frustrated at that point. And then as she scanned everything, then she couldn't figure out which button to push to like pay now and get it working. You know what happens when our expectations aren't met? We get like I said, stressed, and we can be less compassionate and less caring. And I wanted to scream inside, but I leaned up and said, it's that button, ma'am, and then I prayed she was going to use credit and not cash. (laughs) But isn't that the truth? Isn't that what happens in our lives so often? You know, and as we come into this Christmas season, there are expectations in our lives in the blur of this. Expectations about family, expectations about celebrations, expectations all around us. I want to paint one last scenario. Here's an expectation that happens sometimes. Somebody on the day of Christmas Eve, as everything is prepared and ready and you're expecting family and you have this picture of what this celebration is going to be like, how it's all going to be so great and peaceful, suddenly the phone rings that morning, it's one of your kids from college coming home and says, oh mom, by the way, I'm going to bring my sweet mates with me for Christmas. Uh, suddenly the hair on the back of your neck bristles. You know, they're from Iraq. They've never experienced Christmas. I want them to see what it's like with our family. All right, got to fit two more plates at the table. we got to get the guest room. All this stuff begins to click, and like I said, the stress level goes up. But maybe somewhere in there, maybe there's a moment in that stress and that expectation falling to the ground that you smile and you think, well, you know, I raised them to be somebody to reach out And they did it, so I guess that was an expectation too. But so often we place our expectations in the wrong situation, on the wrong thing, on people, and we're disappointed. And in fact, Thomas Aquinas, who was a Middle Ages philosopher and priest, said the following words as he talked about expectations. He says this, One should never be disappointed in the actions of another. Why would we place expectations of perfection on someone else who is nothing more than we are, a poor, sinful wretch? 
how true it is if we focus our expectations on people and on things and on events of this world in a broken and sinful world. Our expectations are always going to fall short. That was true of Jesus' disciples as you heard the scripture this morning. A couple verses before that reading, as they're walking through looking at the temple and Jesus is talking about the coming destruction of that and about his return, the disciples wanted to know when. Because they wanted to know what to expect. Their expectations were so they would understand what was happening. But that wasn't the question that Jesus asked. Answered. He wasn't answering the question of when. He was answering the question of what they needed to do in the meantime. Of how they needed to be prepared. Tell us, they said, when will this happen? And Jesus' answer to them was about what we should be doing as the people of God while we are waiting. You see, Advent is also not just that hurry up season, but season of waiting. It is as we look at the first coming of our Lord and Savior into this world to bring us hope and joy and comfort and peace. So we look and we wait for his return to come back to earth, to take us home forever, to be with him. And waiting is also something that we don't do really well. Sometimes we wait wondering how long this waiting will take. Sometimes we wait thinking that it's only a moment. Sometimes that waiting can just be sheer agony. Some are waiting for Christmas to come and some are waiting for the season to be over and some just don't really know what to do, but that was true of those waiting for that first coming in the Old Testament. The Psalms are full of that cry to the Lord of when this will be accomplished. The Psalms say this, when we, we are given no signs from God, no prophets are left, and none of us knows how long this will be. Another Psalm says, how long, Lord, will you hide yourself forever? How long will your wrath burn like fire? Another, relent, Lord. How long will it be? Have compassion on your servants. And in the words that we heard from Isaiah today, Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down, that the mountains would tremble before you. Hurry up and wait. Get to this moment. Get to this season. Advent has started. Christmas is coming. The blur is on us, but we still have to wait. And we still have to wait as the people of God for the return of our Lord and Savior. We do not know that hour, that time, when that will be. And so we wait. We wait with expectations. Remember that definition of expectation. A strong belief that something will happen or be the case in the future. But here's the thing about our expectations. We know as Christ followers that our expectations cannot be put in other things or externals or in people. Our expectation is found in the one who came to give us life. And so as those people, we know that our expectation is of the blessings of tomorrow that will come when our Lord returns, but we celebrate them today. What an incredible gift that is that we have at Advent. That we know the future will come someday. We know that we must wait. We know that it will happen. 
But Jesus hasn't left us to be away from us, for us to wander like the Psalms to say how long he comes to us now. He has bound himself to us in the waters of our baptism. He comes to us in his supper. He comes to us as his people. He is with us now so that our expectations of his comfort and peace might be around us. Advent is a season that lets us look into the future of what is to come. The future with all its uncertainties. The future that has so much timing that has to be put into place. The disappointments that are to come and the brokenness. But it's a season as we look into the future that we realize our present is filled to overflowing because of the grace of Jesus Christ we have received You know, many of our expectations of what this season will be, of what this time of Advent will be, I'm sure we will come up against disappointments. But our Lord comes to us to meet expectations in a way we've never expected, to give us opportunities of what He has given us in our lives that we might reach out and fulfill other needs around us with His grace and His love and His mercy. There's a short story that Leo Tolstoy wrote called Martin the Shoemaker, and it's about a man, obviously, who was a shoemaker who had a dream one night, and the Lord revealed to him that he was going to come to see him at his shop. The morning he woke up and he prepared everything so it was ready, cleaned the shop, made ready his guest room, made an incredible meal waiting for Jesus to show up at his door. As the morning went by, there was a knock at his door. He thought, oh, Jesus is here. He opened it only to find a beggar who had no shoes and was weary, who simply wanted to rest. And so Martin invited him in, gave him the guest room that had been prepared, and let him rest. The day went on. It was afternoon. There was another knock on the door. Martin's heart leaped. He was so excited. This must be Jesus. He opened the door only to find a woman who was hungry and in need of food, and so he invited her in to share that meal that he had prepared. Finally, as evening went, he wondered if that Lord was coming. Another knock on the door, he opened it only to find a homeless boy who had nowhere to go with tears running down his face. Martin invited him in for comfort, for warmth, and for shelter. As Martin laid down that evening in his prayers, he said, Lord, you promised to come. Where were you? The answer in his prayers were to him, Martin, I did come. I came in that beggar who had no shoes that you gave a place to rest. I came in that woman who needed food that you brought in and fed. I came in that homeless boy who needed a place to be, and you took me in. You see, Jesus meets our expectations in ways that we may have never anticipated. And as we go through this season, we need to remember that He has filled us in ways of overflowing that we can reach out to those around us who expect nothing from the world and who have nothing to expect. We have the hope and the comfort of Jesus coming into our lives with His grace and His forgiveness so that as things that we don't expect happen, we can meet it with that kind of love, with that kind of charity, with that kind of compassion that we have received again and again from our Lord and Savior. Truly, 
The season will be a blur and it will go forward like a freight train we're barely hanging on to as it pulls away from the station. But in those moments of blur, there will be the moments of waiting, the quiet moments of the clock ticking when we can remember what we have been given in this season. The presence of our Lord and Savior and all that He brings to us so that we are filled with overflowing that it flows out of us to those around us as we look at the stressed faces and the broken lives and the anxious that we can bring and speak peace into those lives and renew hope. Will you pray with me? Jesus, you are our long-expected King and you have come into our world to die on a cross to give us forgiveness and light and life in this season. Help us always to remember in the hustle and the bustle, in the waiting moments, that you are with us. You have come to us with your gifts and your hope and your love. That we overflow because we are your people. You have surrounded us in that grace. May our expectations always be in that love and that charity that we can show to others because you have been with us. May we reach out in ways that we have never expected but ways that you have made us to be as your people bound together on this journey of life. We give you praise and glory for all these gifts as we celebrate your first coming. In your name, amen.